presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Good evening everyone and welcome to the Bardic College presents Hellfire Nights. Um, we welcome you back, or if this is the first time joining us, welcome anyway. Uh, we're joined tonight by the entire team, which is always fun for me. Um, and we're picking up uh, where we left off, which was uh, in some pretty dire straits. Uh, the team has just sort of grabbed a cab after the burning of Simona's Haven. Uh, Jack, Dr. Jacqueline Simona also had a meeting with Elijah that did not go as they expected, especially for Simona, I believe. And uh, Ashenbrenner ran into a meat man uh, and a and a pesky little woman who kept who gave him several cryptic clues. So with all of that already happening, let me introduce everybody and say hello. Um, first, next to me, I have Kayla playing Christina Sumner, but we're going to find out in this episode that her name has changed, but we won't give that reveal yet. How are you tonight, Kayla, and how is Christina? Christina is doing remarkably well after her solo sort of excursion to discover the death of her old buddy, James. She's very happy. She's been promoted. I'm sorry, I'll give that away for the viewers, but spoiler alert, there's reasons. Can't wait to see how she interacts with the group tonight as her true self. Very cool. And next to her playing Evelyn Wolf, uh, the shipping magnate of London and the prince's best friend right now is Lauren. Lauren, how is Evelyn holding up so far? Best friend. That's a hell of a mock. Oh, stop. Best friend. Could I get that on a badge? Like, <laughs> I, I could put it on a cheese sandwich, maybe. No, it's Evelyn's a businesswoman. I need this in writing. Like, oral contracts just won't do. Um, Evelyn is... She's happy that... Well, happy is the wrong word. She is, you know, nothing that bad happened at the lair of, you know, at Bartholomew's lair. Nobody was hurt. The, that situation was smoothed over. She is concerned about her comrades and what they're going to discover. So she's retreating back to her own haven uh, to, you know, take stock of everything and prepare for what's to come. True that. And playing the role of uh, ghoul. To a beautiful Malkavian or Malkavian, how who's across the the channel yet? Uh, Mike is playing Doctor Horatio Jackal. How is the doctor going through all this? Um, been an interesting evening for him. Yeah, the uh, the doctor's a bit shaken up. Um, he had a, a fear spell slammed into him the last session, and uh, you know, six and a half foot tall, hardy gentleman is not used to being afraid of things. So he's kind of processing some new emotions. <laughs> I bet. And speaking of emotions, Simona Della Torre, played by Melinda. Um, not much to say there, except welcome back, Simona. Why, thank you. Um, yes, it is true. Simona has never had a worse day in the 350 <laughs> years that my girl has been alive. Um, she is devastated. There's just no better term for it. She's lost pretty much everything that she's ever had or ever cared about. And she wants answers and she wants revenge and blood. If it calls for that, she just wants to get down to business tonight. Well, I'm pretty sure that's probably going to happen. Um, and speaking of blood and answers, uh, we have Paul playing Ashenbrenner. Um, he also had quite a, an encounter, quite a run in. Um, but he's in the carriage now. How is he processing all this, Paul? How is Ashenbrenner holding up? Um, I'd say the the original definition of the word ambivalent, which does not mean indifferent. It means absolutely torn in two by by two equal powers. On one hand, um, I'm I'm glad I took that that baloney boy down. On the other hand, all of my sketches are gone. And on fire. And yes, I can recreate them eventually, but it's lightning in a bottle. Blood and screaming and, and broken distended bones and lightning in a bottle. 
Um, but we got the son of a bitch. Maybe. I don't know. So roiling. I'd say emotions are, are roiling. Also, I might be in love with that, <laughs> with that, with that little scamp um, who I, I, I said, you know, t- you know, we might have a, 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 a meetup with my with my uh, my meat boy, different meat boy, my my, my meat puppet um, the next evening. So hopefully I'll be there. I mean, hopefully she'll be there. Not that it matters, whatever. I don't, I don't care. But if she is, that'd be cool. I, I like it. <laughs> I've, I've got to say, I am absolutely enthralled by some of the changes that have already occurred in Ashenbrenner from, you know, three nights hence when um, he barely would give everyone the time of day and now he's holding hands, giving reassuring back, almost back rubs and falling in love. This is, this is great growth. For action this is, it's, it's this. interesting things are things are interesting nothing is when nothing is happening you know i have my art to focus on but things are happening and while i'd much rather be you know in my my cold wet stone dungeon making real art with a capital a um my dungeon is now gone my art is now gone so i will get back to that but first you know we've got to sort all this out Understood. Yeah. So when we left everybody, so the timeline is a little bit off for those of you listening, just to get Evelyn caught up to speed. You've heard of Christina's um, encounters already, and that puts her through the evening. You've heard Ashenbrenner and Simona, and they're sometime around 3 or 3.30 a.m., right between the time of 3 a.m. But when we left Evelyn on the dock, she had left right after 11 and was making, speeding her way back with her own handsome towards um her offices in london so that's where we're going to pick up first and that once we're done with this we'll pretty much have everybody on the same timeline again uh back with the hours all lining up so for those of you who are following uh and are very good at keeping track of when i don't match the timelines up exactly you know who you are i appreciate you pointing that out but normally it does work out when you get through an episode or two sometimes we have to record these a certain way so evelyn you're in the cab yes uh your driver is pushing through the streets, you know, through the uh, parts of uh, London where near the docks and the wharf rather quickly, but safely, he is not looking to get, you know, (laughs) pierced through or thrown into a dark oubliette for the rest of his days, his natural days by tipping the cart, the carriage over or injuring you in any way, shape or form or damaging your very expensive handsome. I mean, this wasn't a cheap carriage. It's, it's a magnificent, almost funerary looking creation of blacks and reds and, gold embroidery but he gets you through and almost around midnight probably about you know a few minutes before the the, the bells of 12 toll uh you do arrive back at the office when you come up the stairs you know you're you have your own key there's nobody watching your door like on a lot you know like an elijah or a primogen you just have a key to your own home so you go ahead and use that and you walk in and as soon as the door is you know opening your servant your domestic anthony comes walking up and he's like oh madam I'm so glad that you're home safely. Is is everything is everything well? It has been an evening of incomparable revelations, Anthony. Things are happening in London, dark things, and we need to Oh, speaking of, Anthony, darling, has anyone else rifled through my mail? Have any more you, no, no 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 ma'am, not the no. mail, but we, we did have a visitor, ma'am, and um, she came a-calling about about an hour ago and has been sitting in your office in front of the fire um, for uh, that lot. She refused to take no, ma'am. She what? was insistent and claimed that she had business with partners of yours that were of quite royal stature, if you understand what I mean, madam. Quite royal stature. Anthony, we've been dithering in the hall. Why did you not lead that we had someone in the house? Who did you let into the house? Uh, it's um, a woman, ma'am, with pistols, um, and she would not check them. She's, madam, she has not been the most kind guest, I must say. She's she's rather been forward, if you understand my meaning. Um, but she, uh, but I has she touched you, Anthony? Forward? <laughs> has she what, madam? No, you said forward. Never mind. Um, make yourself useful. Lock the basement, and I will... I'm dressed like I've been in a sewer. She takes five minutes to dress, and okay. then goes into um, the parlor. 
As you come back down the stairs, he walks over to you and says, Madam, is there anything that we have that's close to Grog? I don't know what that is. Um, Grog? <laughs> yes, madam. She keeps requesting something called Grog. I will inquire as to what that is. You forget that the Queen's English is not my first language. I, 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 madam, I have been speaking the Queen's English since I was a child, and I can honestly tell you that Grog is not something that I'm aware of how to make. I'm sure you'll do very well. I'm not here to reassure you. Please. As I've said, make yourself useful. Make yourself scarce, Anthony, please. So he walks off. Um, yeah, you make your way down to the, the office towards the front of the uh, the brownstone. And uh, as you slide the, pan- the doors open to your study office-esque area with books and, you know, several portraits of yourself and absolutely nothing reflective again, you... Uh, you see a woman sitting there. She's about five six. She has reddish blonde hair. She's um, she's built well. Uh, she's definitely a woman that doesn't appear to lack for strength or vigor. And she's dressed in a fashion that's rather different. It's it appears to be dress that would have been more popular two hundred years ago. A long leather light tannish looking overcoat several brass buttons large oversized black belt around her her pants which are breeches you know that breeches that are made of a of a heavy spun fabric but she's got you know she's sitting laying back and she looks at you as you walk in and she gives you a wry grin and then you hear this just heavy you know this heavy scottish brogue the best that i you know i can present it but she says oh and here she must be, Evelyn Wolf. as I don't breathe. And she starts giggling. She stands up and she says, Mary Reed, servant to let me in the house. It was very nice of him, love. Thank you. He is beautiful. He is as lovely as he is competent and accommodating, I'm told. Um, you've been asking for Grog, which is... <laughs> it was ju- just something to keep him busy, up, busy love. Nothing I'm really going to drink. Right. Just a... An old seafarer's type of habit whenever you walk into a residence or a place to park your your feet up and take a little load off the off the pegs. You know, shore bound, yes, for something. I asked for Grog. It's just a habit. I apologize. It's, Didn't mean to waste his time. It's all right. He has a nervous disposition. I'm I've been trying to break him of it for years. Think not of it. Now, um uh, Miss Reed, what can I do for you? May I shut the door? You're a guest. Rest your pegs, allow me. She shuts the door. So you shut the door where she stays seated. She watches you go. Now, do you head back behind your desk or do you stay near the doors? I walk towards the desk. I don't sit behind it. I lean against said desk. Okay. So she says, Miss Wolf, I just got to ask a couple questions if you don't mind. See, message came to me. Fortunately, I was closer than... They reckoned when they sent it, I believe. But anyway, make a long story short, I'm doing some poking around down here, putting my nose places, sniffing. You know what I mean. And it seems to me that it's been a while since I've been inside the city itself, thinking that our beloved prince had things well in the hand. But it seems that he's allowing rebels and thieves and, well, you inside the city proper and trading in business and handling elders and doing all sorts of things that, well, I gotta say, makes me a bit nervous. Why do you think he does that? Why do you think he'd allow someone of your ilk inside a city such as London, one of the great seats of the Camarilla power? Just makes me think and pause. If I had to guess as to the esteemed prince's motives, the... The business that I run was established by my father in my former living life, already established in this city. London has become one of the biggest metropolises in the world. The world revolves around London and having an industry such as mine, allowing me to sit oh so prettily in his pocket and conduct my business here under his thumb. He can control the asset that is what I offer, the services I provide, versus me taking them to Barcelona, St. Petersburg, America, if I had to guess. You, you're you standing in this room, 
inside of this great city telling me that the only reason that Kiernan Fraser keeps you around is because of what? Shekels? Coin? That's the only thing? I mean, he could have anybody embrace someone in a shipping company and get a lot of that job done. Why would he need somebody? And I mean this specifically, Miss Wolf, with no disrespect, like you, you and your people. I mean, he must be half out of his head, wouldn't you think? Forgive the, forgive the comment, but if that means he's out of his head, then I've benefited. Then I've benefited quite a bit from that. Oh, I bet you have. That being said, uh, I do trust his judgment, and I'm, I exist on a knife edge, Miss Reed, between worlds. My entire reputation, my life, is staked on playing by various rules, society's rules, Camarilla, people of my ilk. I'm walking on a fine line, and Kieran, the prince, everyone in the city knows it. See, now that's, that's a real answer. That's one I can understand, love, because that is true. See, if anything were to happen to him, well, I probably wouldn't bode well for you. And considering that he's got one primogen that is claiming foul, another one gone missing, and keeping Sabat inside the city limits, I'd say that's, that's, a, that's a hell of a nice edge. So let me just, if I may, offer a piece of advice, sir. And then I'll be out of your way. I'll be. I'll leave you to your evening, because I'm sure you have plenty of business to attend to with the upcoming party. <laughs> Another thing I'm not sure is the right choice, but again, Kiernan's in charge. I do want you to know that I'm going to be staying around for a little bit, though. And I really wouldn't want to hear about any more of our elders gone missing or have any sightings of, you know, bishops or soldiers of of the Sabbat moving around inside the city. So if you were thinking that might happen or could happen, I'm going to assume you're going to let Kiernan know and he'll get in touch with me, all right? Because I'm going to hold you accountable for that. Understandable, seeing as bringing people into this city is my business and bringing people out of it also my business. Um, Miss Reed, trust that you're a woman of the sea, the only thing that would prevent esteemed elders from entering London to take part in this grand, mad party is the harsh mistress of the sea herself. Nothing that I do would prevent them. Well, I guess that's enough for me then. I ha we have an accord, Miss Wolf. She, re she extends her hand. She says, and I think those uh, for tonight those answers will suit me just, just as well. And she reaches out to shake your hand. Um, Evelyn extends it, a most proper, formal handshake. Yeah, hers is more like, you know, a Yorkshireman, but that's okay. That's, uh, <laughs> that's fine. I, I didn't, she didn't expect anything less. Um, okay. And uh, she says, well, with that, I should be off. Have a couple more inquiries to make this evening. A couple more things that don't make quite a lot of sense in my head yet. But, you know, like you said, could be the sea, addled me brain. <laughs> she opens the doors. Uh, Miss Reed. Yeah. If you pardon my pardon my question, my neurotic manservant said you were here on royal business. Um, are you of the prince's clan? Another you. You know. Oh, you no know love. my family. <laughs> yeah. No. No love. No. I'm I'm part of Gregory's clan. Oh. We go way back. Him and me. Yeah. I'm a member of the of the House of Brujah, but uh, it's royal business since the you know. Of course. Basically, I'm supposed to support the prince, unless of course he's a complete fuckhead, and well, making just mistakes that are putting people in danger, like you know, allowing the enemy inside the fort. But other than that, you know, Miss Wolf, I, yeah, I support the prince. I'm here, you know, I'm here to make sure everything's just running smooth. Wonderful. Thank you. Um worked with uh, Gregory and your family for centuries. You've kept dropping the word enemy. Uh, Miss Reed, I'll end the evening with this. Um, provide me coin and there are no enemies to be found here. I, I will... I'll work with anyone. I don't discriminate. 
Ah, girl after me own heart. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I bid you a, a, a good evening. Good evening. She walks out. Anthony is there and he's like, it's Robin Water, madam. <laughs> it's Robin Water. I'm so, she, I'm so happy yeah. you've learned something. She takes the mug and walks away with it. <laughs> Which is one of your one of your steins from the fatherland. Oh. Uh, one of your it, it, prob- it probably has the name of a ship or something on it. Oh. Don't worry, it was just Wilhelm's. It's fine. <laughs> it's it, one of my favorites. Take it, be no gone problem. with it. It's fine. It's not like it's an irreplaceable hundred year old stein. Uh, yeah, so she makes her way out of the house and uh, walks down the street, and you see, you know, Anthony shuts the door, and he's so elated, like he now knows how to make grog properly. The ratio of rum to water. Which is basically, you know, pass the rum bottle over the top of the water, and that's pretty much grog, uh, if, especially on a ship. That all goes well. Um, there is a, a, some other correspondence on your desk that you can start going through. You uh, you did change all your clothes. Anthony's already picked all that stuff out of the mudroom. He's already cleaned all that up. Is there anything else you wanted to do for the next for you know the next several hours until dawn? Well, as Miss Miss Reed turns out, she's like a mind reader. Um, I was going to write some letters to my family members in uh, Spain, across Europe, inform several bishops of what's going on, my sire. You know, only the important people. So hold on a minute. The Archon just asked you, <laughs> just told you a warning about not to get the Sabbat involved in London, and you're immediately penning a letter to the bishops and your sire? I'm not saying every bishop. I'm saying just like one or two, like my buddies. Oh, the real violent ones. Okay, good. So yes, so you start writing those letters. That's fine. Darling, we're only penning the letter. We're only penning the letters. I'm just I understand. You know, gossip column stuff. It it All right. rather discreet. Um going through the correspondence, it's I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm Well, why would you? It's nighttime. Forgive the human parlance. Yeah. No, it's this is not a leisurely evening. I'm thinking, I'm focusing and I make a note um, for my daytime staff to have my ghoul at the offices in Dover to start making identical copies of all of the records and manifests of the ships coming in for the next two months. Okay. Uh, about 20 minutes after Reed leaves, there is a, uh, a knock on the front door and a piece of paper slides underneath. So Anthony comes over and goes, Madam, a note just came in through, through the underside of our door. It's, um, I hands it to you. He says, I'm sorry I wasn't fast enough to get it. I was in the back. I was making tea. Tea takes precedence to a note under the door, Anthony. Please, like, you're, you're more neurotic. I would have blocked its, I would have blocked its entrance, madam, like, like a keeper, but I wasn't sure how that, I didn't hear the bell until the very last second. I apologize. Anthony, you have the, Ma'am? you have the face of a carved Roman statue and the demeanor of a dithering woman. I need you to calm down. A dithering woman. Wow. All right. So Anthony walks away and please figures it. Says to himself under his breath, "Maybe it's time for grog." <laughs> Thinks that might be a good idea. Um, Poor guy. So a letter. He's so, you do have a. He's so you have anxious. a note. I can't imagine why uh, working for you over the last years. I'm an excellent um, employer. Sure, you keep people in the basement. Um, you know, for tapping off. They chose and, to be there. Yeah, well, of course they did. So the letter, the note that arrives is uh, penned in German. And I'm going to see if our lovely, the, the writer of this note, who has her hand raised, can read it for me. Why, yes, she can. She just spent <laughs> the last two minutes going through her photos to make sure that she had said letter. Okay. So the letter, penned in German, reads, Eva, Clan Toreador is under attack. My home has been burned. My sire is dead. I believe my primogen is compromised. I will be coming to the docks with our party as soon as I'm able to tonight. Be vigilant. We will discuss details over tea. Signed, SMJD. Well, that's not good. Probably true. So she's coming here? Yes. Um, I have Anthony uh, prepare some rooms. Uh, prepare tea um make sure the basement's ready just um we're receiving guests make the home ready remember remember that panic you told him not to go into oh (laughs) (laughs) 
he he calls for the the housekeeper because your staff tends to work obviously overnight. That's part of their deal. Uh, they have the days to themselves. You have a couple people that that feign an office, um, a, you know, that keep the private your private office going. Should there be you know uh, messengers or things of that ilk? But for the most part, the majority of your staff tends to work evenings and and into the early morning. The, Anthony gets everybody moving now. The the housekeepers are up there doing their thing. Um, someone runs down to the down to the local store to make sure that or the stokes the coal gets additional types of tea that maybe he might be low on he does the whole thing even though tea is just the smell for you and you don't really drink it or have to if you like the aromas he goes ahead and gets that all set up so yeah the the house is being prepared for guests this goes on for about three hours two and a half hours and right a little after 3 a.m um you're getting a you know you're wondering when simona is going to show up when are they going to arrive? Is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we advance? And I let you know what happens with that, with the whole note. Um, I wanted, it was my intention from uh, the first night, you know, the night of the, the gathering after the events, then I, I wanted to talk to, I wanted to arrange a meeting with Kieran. So Kieran. Kieran. Okay. Yeah. So I write a note. I pen that and I, arrange for it to be sent off it's like okay um next couple of days let's have a chat right okay yep that's taken care of and as you're finishing that note up and you know hitting it with your seal and the the wax and a little bit of the powder to make sure everything is you know dries up properly uh you do hear the front door the bell you know go off immediately you hear from the back i'm coming i have I, i haven't met him i decide to let him feel useful but I rise and go to meet him with the door. Okay. He sees you getting out of the desk and you see him like take four or five extra very fast steps. He just try to get there. He's, he straightens his waistcoat, pulls it down a little bit, slicks back his hair, opens the door and sees uh, Simona, Dr. Jackal, and Ashenbrenner all standing on the front stoop of your home. He lets them in. Okay, ladies and gents. Simona, what do you want to do? Um, so to set the scene of what she looks like, Simona is normally a very put together, beautifully dressed, you know, she takes a lot of pride in her appearance. And right now was probably the worst that she's looked in centuries. She's wearing just her clothing is covered in ash and soot. Um, probably a little bit of blood too. She her face is streaked with soot. Her hair has fallen out of its um, updo. She And she just looks horrible. She looks like she's been crying. She's pale. I mean, paler than she normally is. She just looks worse for wear. And she kind of just looks at um, Evelyn and she just doesn't say anything at first. She just looks at her. My God. Um, evening, everyone. Get inside. This is no time for formality. Get off this... Come in out of the cold. Get off the stoop. Thank you for allowing us to come here, Evelyn. It allowing you, allowing you in. You sent a note. I've been, I've been worried. I've been concerned. You, you forgive me, my darling. You look like hell, gentlemen. What's hap? Like what's happened? Someone, please explain this to me, please. She guides them into the parlor, sits Simona down, um, in a strategically placed chair so she's warm but not looking at the fire. Oh, how kind of you. Um, <laughs> wow. Evelyn is a woman of tact and, you know, my house has been burned. Maybe you don't want to be near the fire? You know, but, like, I think that's a it, fair observation. You know? um, she's a woman of tact. So... <laughs> there is a large man made of meat who's ruined our evening. But hopefully we've ruined the rest of his. Uh, a man made of meat. Various different type of meat, yes. Seven feet, seven and a half feet tall. Sigils all over his body. Magic. Alchemy. Smells. Speaking of which, I'm starving. Are you? Um, uh, Ashenbrenner, Simona, if you'd like to top off, um, my uh, manservant will bring you down uh, to the basement for some refreshment. Um, must I? 
just open the door. Oh, very well, madam. And uh, Dr. Jackal, I've had them prepare um, food for you as well. Just basic fare. Um, I didn't know what you ate. Well, Horatio is not sitting down because he is still wearing the same leathers that he wore into the sewer. And he also now looks and smells like, I don't know, some sort of smoked sausage. Uh, mm. he, he will say, though, refreshments would be quite lovely, yeah, but I would literally murder someone for a cup of tea right now. Who must I do that to? Oh, absolutely no one. Um, ah. Anthony, <laughs> darling, please, um, take the night off. Ta- go sit down. I will handle this. Should I leave you the keys for the basement, madam? Uh, key? Ah. I'm just going to take those right out of his hand and walk toward the basement. <laughs> I'm going uh, to so... give Anthony a look. Capital L. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me do. Let me check his bowels with a little B. Um... <laughs> what, what kind of look do you want to bed him or eat him, Ashenbrenner? It's, it's just, you know how, like, all you want to do is, is eat and, and like the waitress is just like, where did you get those pants? Those are so nice. And you just want to be like, why do you think I want to answer your questions about my pants? Bring food. He's between me and food. I want the bread basket. Damn it. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll answer any question. And I'll bring the bread basket. Exactly. Want my breadsticks? Wow. <laughs> so I'm just kind of, I'm just gonna snap him right out of his hand and just give him like a you absolute sopping fuckwit, and then wander toward the basement. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's it's the third brass key, sir. Uh, well, not the way you're holding it. And he kind of he just lets it go. He does he does run and get the maids and everything, make sure everything's uh, done upstairs to perfection. Ashenbrenner is heading for the basement. Simone, are you following Ashenbrenner? I'm going to follow him, but uh, before I do, I just. I turn to Evelyn and I ask, Evelyn, would it be too much to ask if I could just... I will tell you everything that happened this evening, but if I could just bother you to bathe and change before I do. Darling, everything's already been prepared upstairs. I saw the state of you and and had the, the servants work on it. Take any piece of clothing you like. I know they're more dour than you're used to, but please, um... Someone, Evelyn, will sh- anything, someone will show you up. Anything will be more welcome than this. And she gestures down and she follows Ashenbrenner and shaking her head a little bit at Ashenbrenner, but she continues to go. Okay, so the two of you head for the door. Um, food is immediately brought for Dr. Jackal as well. Um, do, do you want to, Horatio, would you get changed real quick first while they're laying something out in the, in the study on the table, on a sideboard, uh, or would you just want to eat? Yeah, after after um, Simona goes off to get changed, uh, Horatio would look at Evelyn and say, yes, uh, changing sounds like a capital idea. The, the food can wait a, a minute, I think. But uh, do you have a, a side parlor or a spare bedroom where I might get out of, well, this? Um, yes, please do get out of that. Um, uh, you smell like a, so- a smoked sausage. And though I was... A smoked sausage that's been run through the sewer a few times, I imagine. Only the second part is abhorrent to me. Um, top of the stairs, fourth door on the left. So he'll he'll go up. He has his medicine bag still, which uh, has the clothes that he was wearing at the beginning of the night still in it. Okay. And he'll, yep. he'll get changed back into his uh, usual doctorly attire. Excellent. All right. So we have Simone upstairs getting ready. We have getting changed and freshened up. Dr. Jackal doing the same. Evelyn downstairs coordinating food for the sidebar and taking it all in. And Ashenbrenner heads downstairs. So uh, you do fumble with the keys for a moment. You find the right one. You throw the door open. There's a young, you know, cook who's preparing food. She kind of just looks at you because, you know, you're a pretty substantially good sized guy in size. She kind of just like, oh. And she's used to Evelyn Wolf having interesting guests but you probably take the cake on some of that and uh you you make your way downstairs so downstairs um sitting around beautiful there's a fireplace uh settees and and couches some people are playing bridge there's um five adults from various ages from uh young of 20 to about 44 hard to tell if they're all related but it's potentially possible but they're all there and 
there's some cushions around on the floor and things of that nature. But yeah, they they appear to have all of them have exposed necks and wrists, so they're wearing things that have a, a, a plunging top uh, or short short sleeves, and uh, they're not shocked by your appearance or the fact that you look like you know a wolf about to jump on a lamb. Excellent. I think I will take a tiny taste of each of them just to kind of get the the piquant. Exactly. Tapas. We call it tapas. <laughs> okay. So yeah. confused with tepis. Sampling everyone. Sorry, that's awful. Wow. <laughs> I got I got that joke. Don't worry. Uh yes. So between wrists and neck, uh, you're able to produce up to you know five blood points. You took a little bit of each one. There, there is uh, one of the males does have a nuttier flavor, um, pro- probably something that he's re- recently eaten. The one girl, a little taste of fear to it, which it can be alluring, but she's the youngest in the group and maybe not as aware or comfortable yet with this whole procedure of feeding and not letting them die and the whole bit. Because again, you can tell that they have been used prior, but they seem in fair fit health. So she's definitely taking care of her blood supply at this point. So, but you get you're able to get back five blood points now. If you need any more than that, you'll have to let me know and then tell me where you're going or male, female, and we work that out. I think I think that tops me off. Okay, so that puts you in good shape. Yeah. Okay, so you come back up and you're feeling you know much more refreshed and comfortable. Oh, yeah. And coming down the hallway uh, is uh, Simona. Doctor Jackal is already in the off in the study space with Evelyn. They've laid out a sideboard of food. He's cleaned up. Doctor, was there, was there anything else? I didn't want to move you too fast through that. Was there anything else you needed to do with the medical bag, or you are just getting freshened up? Oh, he he was just getting freshened up, like a couple of spritzes of uh, ether, you know, cover up that sewer smell with something more pleasant. Um, and he is, he is going to town with as much tact as he can, but he is going to town on that sideboard. <laughs> Okay. He is, he is a uh, big man, and it takes a lot of fuel to keep him going. So you you spray ether all you know, a couple shots of ether, and basically yeah, like, you know, one on each wrist and one behind yeah. the neck, you know. Yeah. So it's, it's, my cologne is called narcolepsy. Um, it's just <laughs> if, if you get a good whiff, you're hitting the ground, but that's fine. Yeah, you you spray a chemical on you like that, and you make your way out. So you are definitely eating, Simona, uh, Ashen Brenner. Do you hand her the keys, or did you leave the keys just in the lock? Um, you know, as, as if I'm passing her on the way, uh, I probably left it ajar. I lean in and say, the gentleman is a bit nutty, but the young one <laughs> tastes a bit anxious. I'll drop her a little wink. How many of them did you try? Is there anything left for me? I mean, ask them. Oh, sweet Jesus. And she just <laughs> goes down the stairs, but, you know, she's kind of... Rem- she's making a mental note. Okay, the mail tastes nutty. All right, we'll, we'll keep that there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so downstairs you see all of them. They don't look much worse for the wear, but they do look like, you know, th- the young girl's eyes are a little bit wider as she sees you approach. But then she sees the way you're dressed, sort of like her mistress, a little, you know, although you wear it differently, a little more hot, a little bit more, you know, it looks a little more couture on you and less... Evelyn looks smart in it. You seem to look more sophisticated. Uh, and that's just a bearing, right? That's a that's a presence. That's a style. Yeah. Uh, maybe you leave a, a button undone that she would have normally put up, or you folded the, the sleeve back a certain way. But the young girl's eyes seem to soften when she sees it's you. Uh, the others, two are playing bridge. One stops, puts her cards down, and kind of exposes her neck, figuring it may be her. But who would you like to try to uh, to feed from? I know that Ashenbrenner fed on the younger girl, so I probably would want to give her a break. So I'll go to the woman that's playing bridge. Okay. And so she's in her yeah late thirties, blonde. She's pr- she's pretty. Yeah, I just make it. I make it quick. I want to go back upstairs and talk. So to how many blood points do you take? Uh, normally, a human can give up uh, five. Uh, they're weakened and they'll need to sleep for a day or so. Anything more than that, you start putting their li- their life in risk. Um, I just need four to refresh myself all the way back up to normal. So would that be too much? Okay. So you go ahead and take the four blood points. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, she swoons. You feel her heartbeat begin to fade. So Ashenbrenner did say he took a little bit from everybody. So she's, she gets swoony and a little, it's, you know, you feel her heart starting to get that, 
from boom, 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 boom to boom, 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 boom. But you let go and you seal the wound and one of the gentlemen comes over and kind of gives you a look like, you know, I'll take care of her. And he puts her on the, on the couch and, you know, props her head up comfortably, takes her shoes off and she's laying out now where she's comfortable. So yeah, you're fine. You're fed. Okay. Wonderful. Then I go back upstairs um, without looking at anybody else and I go and retire to where everyone else is. The group is together. Evelyn, your, your guests have all come back into your office and are sitting or as Dr. Jackal is on his second plate. You had some questions, I believe. Um, Yes, questions. The evening after we've departed, your letter, Simona, um, shocking, cryptic, horrible. Let's start from the beginning. Um, Your evening has been much more rife with tragedy than mine. What the fuck happened? So Simona is, she's just sitting there. She's kind of leaning back. She has her um, hand resting on her chin on the arm of the chair. And she's just looking towards Evelyn and she goes, well, it's, I wrote everything down. I'm sorry it was such a blunt letter, but it's all there. My home has been burned. Everything, my paintings, everything that I've collected these 300 years is gone. It's ash. Bastion is, and she kind of catches herself for a second. She doesn't want to cry anymore, so she just holds on for a moment. Bastion's gone. Who did did this? And I look at her and I go, if I knew, I would not be sitting here on this couch and you know that. I have no idea. I don't know who would do this. Or who would attack... Ashenbrenner's home was attacked as well by that meat man that he so lovingly refers to it as. But everything is gone and I went... I went to Elijah. I brought I brought the doctor here because he was a witness. The doctor saved me. And Simona looks at him again and she goes, and I thank you again so generously for pulling me out of there, but I brought oh, him. I thought, yeah. Yes, thank you. I brought the doctor to Elijah just to tell him because he was a key witness to that. He saved me and Elijah was not himself. He was off. He didn't care. He was apathetic. When I told him that Bastion was gone, there are only there are only 11 members of our clan left in this great city, and now it's down to 10, and he didn't care. He only cared when I said that I was leaving to go find Ashenbrenner, and he was trying everything that he could to keep us in that home. Did you get a sense that he was under his own? Mm. Did you get a sense that he was in any way being manipulated? Because as much as I don't really enjoy Elijah, he is our primogen. But if he is working for our enemies, then I have absolutely no issue tearing him down. I don't know, Ash. All I know is that normal Elijah would have been upset about losing Bastion. They've known each other for centuries. They've he's been a guest in our home before. We have we have a camaraderie. He just didn't care. I think and I turn to Ashenbrenner and I go, I think that we should try to go back and speak to him, try to make sense, maybe get a sense of what's going on with him i'll break out the map um around what uh, how many days do we think until the the next uh the the moon lining up with uh with uh, elijah's home it could have been tonight um it could be tomorrow and then the phase tomorrow uh it, it's it usually is phases are about what three three and a half days so yeah it's it, if the moon alignment is right it'll be it was either going to happen today Tomorrow, or at the latest, it would happen the day after. So you, as far as you know, this, the sanctuary is still safe. So you're assuming it's in the next two evenings. Okay. Well, I agree. I do think we should speak to him. Or we could potentially sit and watch 
and see if this thing returns. Because even though I did set it on fire, I'm not sure it's done. It withstood quite a beating. Yes, well, Asher and Benner, I would be happy to go and check tomorrow uh, while you are having your, your day's rest and see if I can't uh, retrieve this man-meat creature that you described. I would love to get it under the knife. That would be excellent. And if I could charge you with something, my good doctor, there is a large iron case with precious chemicals inside of it. If you could retrieve that for me. Uh, Horatio will take out his little notepad and his large metal case, man made of meat, question mark. Is there any anything else that you would like me to retrieve from your uh, domicile, Ashen Brenner? Ah, uh, no, but you may encounter some figures, uh, sketches, works in progress. Um, this meat man obliterated them, but uh, you may come across something out of the ordinary, and I would love to get your opinion, professional and otherwise, on whatever you might see. Well, I'm not an artist, but I will certainly try my best, sir. Excellent. I will I will take his hand in mine and pump it vigorously. <laughs> it's become a running theme. <laughs> The pumping of the hand. It's the right thing to do. <laughs> it's just the right thing to do. Well met. <laughs> so, um, so Evelyn, go ahead and give me a roll. Do you do you have anything in politics? Um, yes, I do. Go ahead and give me a roll on your politics roll. Okay. Do we want that um, matched with anything? Because I have two dots in the politics. So, do we add other things to it? Yeah, um, give me another knowledge. Give me your intelligence with it. Um, cool. So that's five dice. And you're looking for sixes. Yep. Okay, three. Three of five. Yeah, three. Okay, yep. So the politics of the evening, you, you start to play into your head that you believe Elijah's reactions may have been dependent upon the fact that there may have, there was a guest there. Somebody may be that was not previously known to him or that he felt uncomfortable with. You can choose to bring that up to Simona or you can keep that information to yourself and see how the rest of the evening plays out. And then their encounter with him tomorrow should that go down. But in your back of your head, you're thinking, you know, he wasn't acting like she described to you in, in, in depth at this point, I'm assuming. Uh, Simona, you you would have gone through pretty much the layout of the entire conversation, right? Oh, 100%, yeah. Okay, so the best of her recollection, she gives you this flowery interpretation of, you know, and he vogued and he came down the stairs and he acted as if he barely understood my words. They, they, They didn't even phase him. I saw no change in his demeanor at all. The only time he became upset with her was upon her interest in withdrawing from the house. You think politically, like, that may have been something maybe he was just trying not to let clan business spill out in front of a guest that could be an answer to that I'm not saying it is i'm saying but politically being an animal who runs in the circles simona is invited to the greatest homes to be viewed you are invited to these homes to play the game to move people to see who's coming in and out you you have a slightly different way of viewing the world in etiquette elijah acted with you know courtesy and grace to a point but he at least invited them in sit down we'll be we'll be fine he was trying to play the etiquette game well but in your head there may have been another answer so that it's entirely up to you how you want to how you want to pass that information on i'd also like to bring up because we haven't see, so when is the last time we saw um christina the the tori the tremere yeah. so you have, you saw christina hours ago at the docks okay when everybody split up, uh, James had been found dead in the boat. Yes. Uh, doc- Dr. Jackal started rowing frantically to get everybody back. You ran up the stairs of the wharf, you know, ran up the wharf and took off. Um, Evelyn got into her own handsome, and then Dr. Jackal and Simona flagged a cab and headed out to her estate. Okay. So I'm sorry, with you at the beginning, I'm sorry. They stopped with you and you went with them the yeah. first time. Okay. So yeah. I just, I, did, I wanted to, to bring up to everyone, um, mm-hmm. there were 
like I said, sigils. And I understand that Christina is a, uh, a blood mage. Do we trust her? I don't know her that well, and I don't know for sure if she could have something to do with this. Well, now, Ashenbrenner, I don't think Miss Sumner has given us any cause not to trust her. Sure, she may suffer from the occasional twitching fit, but, well, that's hardly beyond her control, isn't it? I'm just a bit on edge. No, Ashenbrenner, you're not the only one. I also don't know Christina that well. She hasn't given us a reason not to trust her yet, but the key word there is yet. I think we should keep a very close watch on her. Hmm. And what about this this magi? I don't trust Heavy as far as I can throw him. Well, if I ever meet him, I'd like to see how far I could throw him. Evelyn kind of has something to do with this. Evelyn kind of squirms in her chair at the mention of Tremere and Magi, meat men. A friend of hers has just been burned this evening. She's very uncomfortable. Magic is dark and twisted. It is not of God. We find out, ladies and gentlemen, that Evelyn Wolf has a religious streak. It is not of God. It is, if we are unnatural, this is even more abhorrent. This, if magic has been involved in the destruction of your homes, we have far more to fear than a missing Nosferatu primogen and Malkavians throwing a party in London in a few months' time. Dark things are happening. Oh, and in the excitement of the evening, did I fail to mention, I had an Archon visit me for tea before you all arrived. You had a what? I'm sorry, what a Archon? Um, Dr. Jackal, if you're a academic man, if we are but students, the dean came and paid me a visit in my dormitory. Oh, quite unusual. Yes. Yes, the sheriff. <laughs> the sheriff, the dean, the, the headmaster who beats you with a stick, came to visit me in my home. Who was she, Eva? <sighs> Mary Reed, a piratical bruja, dreadful manners, very large feet. Have I ever heard of her before? Yeah, uh, Archons, they come and go. You've been in London how long? Um, About 150 years, give or take. In, in London itself? In London itself, yes. yeah. Yep. Then you would have definitely heard of Mary Reed at some point coming through, or somebody who met their their end because of Mary Reed. How interesting. Oh, well, that's comforting. Okay. And comforting. She bullied her way past my manservant and threatened me in my own home. Well, that sounds a lot like Mary. Past well, Anthony? I mean, how else no. does one get past Anthony? The man is a wall. <laughs> Pray tell, what did the Archon want? The Archon um, wondered if our beloved prince was soft in the head for allowing me, filthy Sabat, kept saying people of my ilk. So someone of my ilk, she was wondering why he would allow me to live and breathe and conduct a thriving business in his city. What value could I possibly provide? And why wouldn't she just ask him? I don't know. Okay, get... so vaguely racist threats. Th- thank you. Thank you for that. Evelyn, give me uh, just a straight intel roll. You got it. If you're going to threaten someone, threaten someone for a reason. Uh, Three. Evelyn, she made some allusions in her conversation that a message was dispatched and that she arrived sooner than they thought. That may be something else that you want to point out. <clears throat> because let me ask you a question. As a as as Evelyn, did you feel that she was investigating Kiernan, the primogen missing, or a clan that she said she had another primogen what? Another nervous. Right. Another she had I have one primogen up in arms, threat thinking that he's you know under attack, like there's something wrong. I have one that's missing, and I've got a prince that's allowing the Sabatna city. So that sounds does that sound like Kiernan summoned her, or maybe somebody else did? I raise this fact to the group. Um, I should mention she wasn't brought here by Kiernan. At least I don't believe so. Strongly, do not believe so. Someone dispatched for her. 
and she arrived faster than uh, people anticipated. Good weather. I don't know. She knew about Bartholomew being missing. Potentially knows about Elijah having his knickers in a twist lately. I don't believe she knew about what happened this evening. How could she? But... Side note, Evelyn, Elijah doesn't wear underpants. Oh, please, don't start with this now. You know it's true. I'm begging you. He doesn't? (laughs) No, Evelyn, don't. Please, if you only encourage him, he will never stop. We'll talk about it later. What I'm thinking is that maybe we should meet with this woman to potentially help us in our situation, if it does turn out that Elijah is being puppeted by some sort of dark force. Like I said, if Elijah is simply being a prick, then I have no problem going against him. But if he is being controlled somehow, I feel like we should do our best to free our primogen. There there was also uh, in the carriage uh, your new lady friend of the Shifting Faces, Ashenbrenner. Yes, she's fine. I don't, I don't, she's fine. She's fine. She she did give us one other message, though. She said, beware the dreamers. They have been betrayed. I need all the vampires of the Camarilla to give me a role on politics, um, streetwise, or etiquette. Can I combine? Oh, wait, I have five in etiquette. Never mind. Jesus. So that would be etiquette plus no wonder uh, I invite what, you perception or intelligence or wits? You could do uh, or just the student intelligence. No, no, it, intelligence plus any of those three, awesome. any one of those three. Okay. Yep. Okay, Evelyn, that's why you take me everywhere, darling. I know. Mm. Okay, I will mute myself while I do this. The sound of the clacking dice is so lovely. I I got uh, three successes. It's, if six is the number, then yep, yeah, three successes. I have four successes. The two of you. Th- the two of you look at each other, and Ashtonbrenner goes, like, it hits his face because he, through that whole situation with uh, the Holy Protector and and the loss of his haven and sketchbook and and the things that was going on, it really didn't dawn on him. But when he, when it's said and Simona and he look at each other, the Dreamers have been betrayed. The Bruja clan is known as the Dreamers because they're the they're the idealists who are always trying to make a better society by tearing it down and building it again. They were at Carthage. They were at Constantinople. They were the, their, their family has always been about knocking the power base down and giving it and restructuring it to be better and better and better revolution. uh, The French revolution. That's where the Bruja bleed and, and fight and thrive. So if she specifically stated the dreamers have been betrayed, something is up with that clan. So potentially both the Toreador and the Bruja are under attack. And the Nosferatu. Or the one has been misled, one has been lied to. Things are, yes, something is, there are three clans right now that are having a bad night. I feel like at this point, we really just, you know, we're crossing them off as suspects. Who's left? Do we know any asshole gangrels? Yes, but they're pretty much, you know, hanging on the outside of the city watching. Okay, well, we know the prince is an asshole. <laughs> and Elijah, we're pretty sure he is. True. <laughs> At least Simona thinks but, he's an asshole. Oh no, he's an asshole. On the, on the topic of Elijah, assholes. we're yes. discussing assholes and... Uh, knickers in twists or lack thereof or lack thereof thank you ashenbrenner we will talk about this more later um simona darling and dr jackal your opinion would be needed here as well potentially um you've been through something horrific and forgive my level-headedness perhaps some of elijah's odd behavior this evening could be attributed to the fact that you've brought a Malkavian ghoul into the home, into his house, and we're discussing clan business. Something that would make the Toreador clan, who's already out of favor, appear weaker. It's a thought. A passing one. 
Well, I know I don't look my best when I first arrived, but ghoulish, that's, uh, that's a bit much, I'd say. But he, he did seem quite willing to let me go when I said that I needed to go and check in on Ashenbrenner. It wasn't until uh, Ms. Delatore made to leave that his most f- dreadful fright descended upon the entire room. It, w- it was quite unnerving. I was barely able to steal my resolve. Well, then, thank you, Dr. Jackal. Perhaps he was trying to... F- frighten um, him off, Simona, and keep you here, close ranks. As well, these were. are all things we can ask him Absolutely. tomorrow yes. evening. Speculation entirely. I was also considering the same thing. However, if Elijah really wanted him gone, I felt he would have said something when he came down and saw us. He even offered the man refreshments. Um, it's a lovely brandy. It looked lovely. Haven't had brandy in a long time. Um, but however, I the, I had brought him there not only for his safety, but also he was a key witness to what had happened. I do. Also, Elijah as, is as indirect as a drunken snake. So he, again, I think a face-to-face with him would straighten a lot of these things out. Okay, so the evening goes by. Is there anything else that anybody wants to bring up that's pressing to this conversation? We Sounds like we have a plan there, uh, that the Toreadors, at least two of them, maybe more depending on what events Dr. Jackal comes across, want to go and visit their primogen tomorrow. Evelyn, did you have anything else? Doctor, anything before we settle down for the evening? The the girl with the shifting face, did that strike me as Malkavian and my limited understanding of... Uh how my quote-unquote family works at this point? It wouldn't be beyond the scope of their powers that you've seen to do such things. Maybe I should speak to Miss Mitzi if I can get in touch with her. Uh, Ashen Brenner's new lady friend seems like she may be some relation of Miss Mitzi's or perhaps even my beloved's uh, to some degree or another. That Changing one's face around does strike me as something they might be into. Doctor, she's she's not a lady friend. She's a friend who is a lady and nothing more. That that is exactly what I meant, sir. Excellent. Me too. I don't know what even we're talking about. That's fine. Ashenbrenner, it's an odd night for romance. There is always time for oddity. I will, however, break out the map. Um, Are there any other locations that we uh, recognize? There's Simona's... Mine, Elijah's. Uh, do we know of any other any of the other symbols? I would like they... to take a look at it from that perspective. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there are other Toreadors that would have been affected in future cycles coming up. The only the only night that showed two being hit on the same night was both yourself and um, Simona's Ashenbrenner. But uh, the next one would be like I said, it'd be Elijah's during this moon phase, and then as the as the waning moon happened. You see another two or three. But if Elijah's plan that Simona enacted was to reach out to the clan and gather everyone to the house, they would be alerted at this point. And if you bring the map with you tomorrow night, they'd be able to identify every haven. I intend to. Yeah. Okay. Does anyone want to make like, I don't know, like a rough copy of this just in case? Because I don't know. I feel like it's, it's something like if I had not had this on me, if we'd not had this with us, this obviously would have been a big problem. I would like to have the original to show Elijah tomorrow, but if anybody would like to just make a note so we at least have the knowledge. So, Evelyn, you have men that are that work with cartography that you know. You can dispatch one of your people. They won't be able to copy the sigils exactly, but they could write down, like, you know, number ones next to one phase of the moon, twos, threes, fours. They could at least calculate, the, you know, what lines are in order coming off of the sigils, the, the moon phases and the, and the alchemical style, but they could actually, the cartography of London and taking a map and then marking the havens would be easy for them to do. Um, I offer the services of my, of my people to Ashenbrenner and Simona in this. And, you know, it wouldn't be terrible to have a copy of my own. So with the evening going by <clears throat> a doctor's fed, uh, is everyone bedding down here? Dr. Jack, are you leaving for your own apartments or are you just going to stay with everyone else here? Uh, I, th- I think given the hour, um, probably would just stay here if there was a room available. Absolutely. Dozens. 
uh, Dr. Jackal, please. <laughs> dozens he, and he's dozens. he's doing the big stretch right now and uh, starting to feel it. It's got to be what, like five a.m. by now or something. Almost five a.m. Yeah, yeah, he's feeling yeah. it. Okay, so everyone makes their repose. They go to bed. Evelyn, if if you need to feed, go ahead and you can go ahead and do that as well. You have the people downstairs. The the you know, no only the one woman had swooned, and you'll see her immediately. So you can top off as well. I'm fine. That's fine. So everyone finds rooms that are perfectly, you know, boarded up with the shutters closed, but there's black windows. There's no way the sun will get in. You, you, you're perfectly safe. For now. But who knows how long and who knows what other horrors London holds for all of you. Well, that's it for us, everybody. We just wanted to say thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights and like, share, subscribe, do all those things, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind the scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.